Ho, ho, ho. And a Merry Christmas. What's up, everyone? This is your host, Marco. And this is your host, Clayton. And you're listening to the Pre-Dental Podcast. Oh, Boom. yeah. There we go. Well, this is our Christmas special here slash D1 fall semester recap. So we want to thank you all for joining us this lovely afternoon or whatever time of day that you're listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. We can't believe that it is the end of our first semester of dental school and it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's Christmas time. Absolutely. It's also the most wonderful time of year because we just took our last exam for the semester. We did. Which is very, very exhilarating. It is. I don't know whether I passed it or not, but I did take it. So For sure. We were in the room and I put words on a piece of paper. I think I spelled my name right. So there's that's, that. That's a point right there. So before we begin, we need to go over a point that's been brought to our attention about our podcast. And it's been brought to us by the LSU School of Dentistry class of 2023. Thank you all. <laughs> Clayton, what do they what do they call us out on here? <clears throat> so they called us out, and y'all may have noticed this, but we like to say absolutely and wild and for sure a little too much during some of the episodes. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's kind of absolutely wild, but, you know, you have to say something, so we say that. So what happens whenever we say that too much? What, what can we do with that? <clears throat> so this is what's going to happen. Let me see. Oh. By the way, here's a message from our sponsors. Hello, are you sitting at Christmas dinner being berated by your your family and friends about when you're going to get married? Well, do I have the perfect game for you? It is the pre-dental podcast drinking game. Anytime Clayton or Marco says absolutely wild or for sure, you take a shot. If we say absolutely wild for sure, you drink the entire bottle. Note. We are not responsible for any damage this may uh, this may lead to your liver. That is all. Again, that was a message from one of our sponsors. Thank you very much, Mr. Sponsor. Absolutely. So, since this is our Christmas Day special, we're going to get started with a couple fun, or not so fun, I guess how you view it, Christmas facts. So the first one is that, I have to read this so I don't mess it up here, Iceland has 13 <laughs> Santas and an old lady who kidnaps children that's absolutely wild you know the the naughty list intimidated me a whole lot growing up but wow being kidnapped by an old lady and being taken to 13 santas that that puts a that's, fear of god in me here that's frightening that's something you can bring up at your christmas dinner if things are getting a little awkward though for sure absolutely so <laughs> another random christmas fact this is probably one of my favorite christmas facts of all Rudolph's red nose is probably the result of a parasitic infection. <laughs> oh my god. This is true because I got it off of Google. For but sure. but you can't lie on the internet. Exactly. But don't worry, even though it's parasitic, it is symbiotic. So Rudolph is not harmed and the parasite's not harmed. So it works out for everybody. Love to see that. Absolutely. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Marco, I don't I don't understand why you're singing that. Because it's Christmas time, and that's one of my favorite Christmas songs. <clears throat> read your notes. Read Just read your notes. You know, right. I, I do believe that it would help if I actually read my notes before Probably. we recorded these. Probably. Oh, oh I, I see what happened here. So, Jingle Bells is actually a Thanksgiving song that has just developed to a Christmas song over time. Which is, I think that's how a lot of songs develop. Like, they're meant for one one thing, and then they turn into a song for something else. 
Like yeah. Happy Birthday, I believe, was actually a, a Christmas song. I Happy Birthday, Santa Claus. That's what I've always <laughs> I made that up. Don't tell people that. And then our last Christmas fact. The first artificial Christmas tree wasn't even a tree at all. It was create created out of goose feathers that were dyed green. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Wild. Absolutely. <laughs> We've got to stop saying that. People are already already gone. Wow. Wild. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. But for real, guys. So today's topic, we're just going to be talking about our fall D1 semester. So some things that we wish we knew going into it, some tips that we have for all of you, and just some of our personal experiences that we would just love to share with you all. Now, here's the disclaimer before we start. So we do go to LSU School of Dentistry. So everything you know that goes on at LSU School of Dentistry isn't everything that goes on at every other school of dentistry. But this has just been our experiences. So it's it's not super specific to every school, but it, it is still applicable to to every other school in, in some some instances. Yeah. So to start out, I would say that it's been oh my god it's been a long semester so we started july 8th and today is december 17th and we're just now finishing and that maybe a week or two worth of breaks yeah throughout that i mean we had a couple days for thanksgiving but besides that you're you're pretty much going all day every day yeah the fall semester i mean it's it's been pretty busy i mean we have had you know a few breaks here and there we do get some weekends off but for the most part, it's been a blur. Like it, it seems like it went really slow at the beginning and then it went really fast and then it went really slow and then it went really fast. So it kind of seems like it was just kind of cyclic in, in how it went throughout the semester. Yeah, I agree with that. It's Your schedule changes a lot throughout the semester. But to talk about the very beginning of it, it that's truly the most blurish part yeah, of this process, absolutely. I would say, because you're going to have orientation week. And you're around so many new people and you might know a couple of them. Like I knew Clayton beforehand just for a little bit. And then I knew a couple of my other classmates. But besides that, they were all new people to me. I was in a new town. You know, most people are going to move to wherever the dental school is. You're trying to get used to your environment. And then all of a sudden you're thrown into this program. And I mean, orientation week, the amount of information that they give to you, you're just, it's like drink, I think Dr. Jeremy's favorite expression is, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah, it's crazy because you're just bombarded by all of these cool things. I mean, it's not very difficult at the beginning, but you're bombarded with, you know, you're living, like Marcus said, you're living in a new area, you're surrounded by new people, you're trying to memorize everyone's names and you can't remember what Rebecca's name was or whoever it is. And you're really trying so hard to remember all of this stuff and which organizations you want to join and where do I pack my lunch when I go to school? What do I wear? Right. You know, it's how am I going to get involved and all of that. So you'll have orientation week the first week and they'll issue your student ID, which makes you feel really official. They'll show you around the school, just where your classes are. You'll get your school-issued laptop, and if your school uh, mandates that you buy textbooks, they'll pretty much get you a lot of the supplies, but you're not going to get all of your supplies. No, and we got a lot of our supplies when we started some of our other courses, so we got a lot of our like dental, actual dental instruments, uh, yeah, our operative trays and things like that. So we got $7,000 worth of instruments at, at one time, which was insane because it's $7,000 worth of instruments and I don't know mm-hmm. what any of them are, right. but that, that was a really cool experience. Um, 
little overwhelming just because I didn't know what all of the instruments were. But the good thing is everyone's in the same boat, as we've said previously. Right. They're not going to leave you stranded at any point. They may give you a lot of materials and they may give you a lot of information. But to the point in time where it becomes applicable, the school is going to ensure that you understand what's going on when it's time to understand it. So we got our hand pieces, for example, in July and had no idea what they were, what the parts were of it or anything like that. But when it came time for operative to actually start using those hand pieces, we had an entire morning blocked off to figure out how to use them. We could just play around with them and we figured everything out. Yeah, exactly. And we, we had help organizing our instruments just so we were a little prepared, but don't be afraid to reach out to an upperclassman because they're going to know what the instruments are and, and they can help you organize them. Exactly. So some of the professors and faculty may do it a certain way. I, w- I would say more like by the book, right? I guess you would call it versus your upperclassmen. I don't want to say no what actually is going on, but they know what professors expect and they can take a more pragmatic approach, I would say, of the student perspective of how to accomplish things. So reaching out to upperclassmen early on is going to help you immensely. I know for us, they assign us to mini clinics and you have like a big brother or big sister type program. And then if you're grand big and you're great grand big. So I would hope that most schools do that. But even if not, it's okay. But try and get a small group of upperclassmen that are in your network that you can ask questions to. Absolutely. It's, it's very important that you reach out to them because they're going to know a lot more that's going on than you do. And a, a big concern a lot of people have when they come into dental school is, am I going to make friends? Is it going to be hard mm-hmm. for me to make friends? Because like Marco said, we came from Arkansas. So we didn't go to LSU. We didn't go to Louisiana Tech. You know, we didn't go to schools down here. And we went to schools that you know, other students aren't coming to LSU. So it was a, it wasn't really difficult at all. So, I mean, they're going to do so many social events there at the beginning of the year and throughout the year to where you're going to get to know everybody. And like we've said in previous episodes, you're going to get to know their names, their family's names, their social security numbers and everything <laughs> like that. So yeah, can I get your, uh, the name of your first pet? Exactly. And, uh, your mother's maiden name. Right. So, oh I mean, it's, it's not hard at all to make friends, even if you're from out of state. So don't right. worry about that. And plus, a lot of the school organizations will host events early on. And that does two things. One, it helps recruit you to the organizations that you would like to be a part of, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But it mainly just gets you involved with your classmates. And I know for us, like the very first event that we did was a 4th of July party at our house. And it was mainly out of state people that came because, you know, it was early on. We hadn't even started school yet. And that was the first time we all just got together. Everyone brought food, so it was a potluck of sorts. And it was just a really good time. And you'll do things outside of school with your class. So whether that's going to a bar or going bowling or just getting dinner. I know there was a lot of brunches that people would do. Tons early of brunches. On. Brunches, big thing, big thing. Huge. Um, so it's really cool because just the other night we had a guy's night. Yeah, guy's night was fun. It was such a blast. There was so much and so many different types of meat. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, for sure. We had a, Clayton has a really nice grill. And we were just grilling out for the longest time. We had wings. I mean, we even had like some tilapia. It was awesome. We had a boudin. Deer. Deer. Yeah, that deer was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, But 
GroupMe is a huge thing that we use. So we have our class GroupMe. We have an academic GroupMe. So some people have silenced just the class GroupMe because it's, you know, just us messing around and stuff like that. Academic GroupMe is just more of like what's going on in school and classes and things like that. But then we have our guys group and then we have our girls group. <laughs> so there's a lot of group messages going on. Yeah, and, we and have... Uh, the intramural football team that group, you'll, you'll use fantasy group football. Me, yeah you'll use group me more than anything else yes. throughout dental school if you're not already using it a ton in undergrad because i know it's becoming increasingly popular but yeah if you're worried about making friends or anything like that just know that the first few weeks are kind of awkward because you're trying to get settled in you're trying to figure out the school everyone's trying to make really good first impressions but i would say definitely after the first two months that People really start coming out of their shells and they just start acting how they normally would with any of their other friends. And you really get to know people and you get to develop these friendships. Like I can easily say that people in dental school, some of them are my best friends. I mean, think of Robbie, for example, just randomly messaged us and was like, hey, man, my family lives about 20 minutes away. If y'all want to just come have like a Sunday lunch with us and watch some football for a bit. And we did. We sat down with his family and it was a really good time. I mean, Marco and I are eight hours away from home, so we don't get to enjoy Mama's home cooking anymore. So right. anytime there's a home-cooked meal, you can bet that we're going to be there. Never said no to a good meal. <laughs> Absolutely not, and it shows. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, I had to do it. There we go. Santa Claus is here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. So with the idea of dental school overwhelming you at the beginning, it's yes and no. Because, yes, it is overwhelming because you have all this new supplies. You're trying to figure yourself out. I remember the first couple times I drove to school, I had to GPS it into my car because I didn't know where I was going. I got lost and all of that. It depends on what part of town. Yeah, exactly. But, anyways, know that most school programs ease you into it. So, for the first couple weeks, we would do, like, 8 to noon or 1 to 3 or... 10 to 2 like it was beautiful it was it was such an awesome schedule so it seems overwhelming because you're trying to get used to it you're trying to figure out how to study for school and all of that but they're not giving you a full course load and over the coming weeks they'll add on to your curriculum until you're doing an 8 to 5 or a 10 to 5 or an 8 to 3 things like that but don't be worried at the beginning they'll they'll ease you into it and when I first came into dental school, I told my, my D2, I was like, you know, I can't wait to get an actual schedule down because it was just so staggered all of the mm-hmm. time. But the thing is, with <laughs> dental school, especially with our program, and it's like this at a lot of other programs, classes change so much. So you may have one class that lasts the entire month. You might have a class that lasts the entire year. You may have one that lasts until December, but you'll just pick up classes like randomly in the middle of the month, in the middle of the week. So it just changes so much. So you have to be flexible in that instance. They're For not, sure. They're not going to overwhelm you. You know, they're not going to give you a super hard exam right when a class starts or anything like that. So they're cognizant that, you know, you're starting a new class and they've done this before. So it, it seems a little overwhelming at the beginning just because you see your schedule and you see all these different classes, but it, it all works out. For sure. And we'll post our D1 schedule. So it's really interesting. They break it down from the hours that you're in class down to the months of the year. It's it's a really, really big PDF document. It is. But it breaks it down day by day, hour by hour, but then week by week and month by month for the entire year. And you can see that, for example, I think we finished morphology and general histology 
in mid-September, Yeah, I would say. And then we had a weird early. break where we hadn't started operative yet. We didn't start operative for about another month after, but we went straight into oral histology. So at the allotted time for morphology, we just didn't have anything. So it was nice. We actually got like a, it was like a three or four week break where we didn't have any tests and we had a pretty light class schedule. It was, it was awesome. I watched so much Netflix. I don't remember... I don't remember what show, Ozark. I watched so much Ozark. I finished the entire two seasons. It was awesome. And then that other show, uh, what did I watch? Mindhunter? Mind, oh. Yeah, that was you it. got really big into that Mindhunter was there. It. I thought I was. <laughs> Great I show, thought, by the way. I thought I was an FBI agent there for a while. He did. He did. So, yeah, with that being said, your schedule is going to change a lot, but there is general structure. So, generally, you're going to start classes within the semester and you're going to end them by the end of the semester. Now, you may have some overlap. So, for example, with us, Operative, we started, I would say, about a month, month and a half ago. Like, we started in, like, October or something like that. Yeah, and we won't finish until May. So, that was actually our last exam that we took today to finish out the semester. But it wasn't a final exam or anything. It was actually our first exam of the class. So, just know that there's going to be some starting and stopping, but they'll give you a year-long schedule and break it down for you. So, that kind of... We can just go ahead and go into one of our questions yeah. there is, is there a finals week in dental school like there is in undergraduate studies? So yes and no. Um, just So you are starting classes at different time periods. So like with operative, we're going to come back to this class, you know, after, after the break. So there wasn't really a final in there. It was just a test. It was just a normal test like you would take at any point during the semester. Now with histology, we took an exam on like last week, and that was our final exam for the class. So there's really not a finals week necessarily like there is an undergrad because mm-hmm. your classes are at different time periods in the schedule. Right. They try to line them up, though. They so do. like they'll have a test week versus non-test week, and that goes into scheduling of, you know, like, is it busy every single week? And the answer is, quite frankly, no. You have some weeks where you're almost bored looking for stuff to do, and I know that's not the case, you know, fall D2 right. year or anything like that. But your first semester shouldn't be that overly, I don't want to say difficult, but they do a good job of making sure that you know what's going on before they pile three tests a week on right. you every week, like fall D2 essentially. And they know that you're going to be in this for four years. So they want you to form relationships with your friends. They want you to figure out the area that you are living in. That way you can get comfortable here for four years and they can pile all the hard stuff up on you later while you're comfortable here. So it's really nice that first semester, just getting to know everybody, get to know where you're living and everything else. For sure. So as far as classes go, I'll pose you this question. Is attendance mandatory and are the lectures recorded? How does that all work? So our lectures are not recorded. I know at some schools they do record lectures. We have the capability to record lectures, but we just don't because I think the professors are afraid if if they record them, then people just won't show up to class. So that gets into attendance. Yeah, because some professors do mandatory attendance. Others don't. Technically, it's school policy that they're supposed to, but some of them just don't want to be bothered with it. But I will say a lot of our classes, it's simply there to get you there to practice. So morphology is a perfect example of that and operatives the same way. Definitely. Where it's a four-hour block, so you're thinking, oh my God, am I going to have to sit through a four-hour lecture? It's like, no, of course not. They understand attention spans and all of that. So what they'll do is they'll plan a one-hour lecture, and then you're done, 
for the lecture portion and then you go practice in the lab for three hours and during those three hours they're going to have instructors walking around that may be part-time or full-time helping you out that way it's not just the course instructor who lectures trying to evaluate 75 students or however many are in the room exactly and like marco said some professors are very strict on attendance and you probably had that in undergrad as well where some were really strict on attendance where others not so much most of the professors who are strict on attendance are the ones that do have those lab portions so where you're going to be going into lab and working with your hands because you can't learn how to work with your hands from a video so it's very important that you show up to those those um, lab times so you can learn to work with your hands for sure and i think a really good example I think of is I was looking through my 2019 memories on Snapchat and earlier this year I had posted a picture of a number eight that I had waxed up <laughs> and I remember at the time I put it on my story and I was like, wax 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 or something like that so proud of it and I, yeah I was so proud I was like man like I'm building teeth over here and to be quite honest it looked like complete just garbage like a chewed up piece of bubble gum. like I cannot believe that I put that on my story, but a part of being in clinic a lot is not only developing your hand skills, but developing your eyes and training them to see all the meticulous details that would constitute a mess up, yes. I guess you could say, or like errors. It is insane how much you will progress just from, we started in July until now in December. So we have progressed so much with our hands and just being able to spot that detail. I mean, it is, I know, like Marco said, for me, I was awful at waxing. I don't think I ever got good at waxing, but now with operative, you know, I'm getting a little bit better. So that's the other thing too. I would hope so for your patient's sake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna wing it. But anyway, so, you know, if you're not good at one class, don't get discouraged. If you're not good with your hands on one class, don't get discouraged because like I said, I was terrible at waxing. I broke my canine during the first practical and failed. Oh my like, God, with four minutes to go. Four minutes broke my canine in half, but that's fine. That's in the past, I passed the class. But you did better in it than some other people. Yeah, yeah, and see, I'm, I'm doing better in operative now. So just know that if you're not doing well in one class, it's going to be okay. The next class will hopefully be better. Yeah, I, I can give a perfect example for that. General histology versus oral histology. Right. You know, general histology, I mean, I passed, but I was definitely not proud of my grade. I did poorly because I wasn't putting in the time and effort that I should have. But a part of dental school is understanding when you have those errors and adjusting accordingly. So for me, it was realizing that, okay, I probably can't go out as much. I need to mature a little bit and I need to study more. So that's another point. Some people in your class are just going to be brilliant. Absolutely. And they're not going to have to study as much as other people do. And they're just going to get it. And that could be because they went and got a master's program. So they've seen the material before or they're just smart. But for whatever reason, they just get it and they don't have to study as much. And you're going to see them going out more. You're going to see them relaxing more, all of that. But for me, you know, I was an economics major. I never got a master's or anything. So I have to put in a lot more effort. So that's what happened to me with oral histology. I ended up making an A in the class, but I had to work my butt off yeah. for that. You know, it was, it was a grind, but it taught me that if you want those good grades, and I will say in dental school, it's very rare to make a 4.0. It's understood that you're going to make some Bs at some point. And that's okay because uh, we'll get into specializing here in a minute. You don't have to be perfect in dental school to specialize or anything, but you have to work to the best of your abilities because it's not just about your grades. It's about actually learning the material. That way you can provide the best level of care to your patients. Exactly. 
And so speaking about learning the material, big question I had coming in, what are exams like? So exams, it depends on the class, just like anything else in undergrad that you would see. But mostly you're seeing a transition to online exams, whether that's taken through Blackboard or we use Moodle Mm -hmm. at LSU. And a lot of them will use Lockdown Browser and you take them inside the class and you'll have a time frame. And let me say, most exams are a lot more in-depth and a lot lengthier than anything you've seen in undergrad. They really want to make sure that you know the material. So I believe Oral Histo, the final exam for that, oh man, it was, uh, I think, 213 questions for part one. And then part two was another 15 questions, but they were all matching or we had the monster question at the end that you had to place 25 different layers of teeth all in the correct order on top of one another. It was was at least 4 million questions. It was at least 4 million. At least. To say the least. Not very good at math, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure it was at least 4 million. And a lot of people have questions about grades. If it's pass-fail, if it's, you know, a 4.0 scale, if it's ABC... If a D oh. is passing, um, so so is it pass-fail? Um, it really just depends on the school. I believe there's nine or ten schools that are pass-fail for dental school. I don't know how they determine class rank and all of that, though. No, but, and I mean, here at LSU, we do, you know, A's, B's, C's. D is not passing. D, D is failure. So you have to get a C or, C or above to pass the, pass the class. Right, and I will say that the average curve is that a decent amount of people make A's and almost everyone else makes B's. And then some people may make C's depending on the class. There are class, like oral histo, no one made a C right. in our class this year, but that's not the case every year. Yeah. But most people are going to make A's if they really try. And then everyone else is pretty much going to make a B. So don't be worried about failing out. Almost nobody fails out. And if they do, it could be because of extenuating circumstances that they had with their family or they just weren't practicing enough. But An important aspect is reaching out and getting the help that you need from your professors before you hit that point of, oh my gosh, I'm about to fail out. Because, I mean, if you fail out and they don't offer that class during your summer break, then you just have to restart the entire year and you have to pay for that entire year all over again. And then you have to buy new scrubs because we wear different colors here and you don't want to have to wear new scrubs because I'm getting kind of accustomed to our wine-colored scrubs. Yep, the Wine Scrub Club. Love to see it. Wine Scrub Club, exactly. By the way, follow us on Instagram. Again, another shout-out to Omna. We love our classmates, so we We just want to give them a quick shout-out. So it's LSU Dentistry 2023. I think we got it correct that time. Yeah. So we were talking about specializing earlier, Clayton, and I know that I'm interested in specializing. I don't know if you are or not. I know that (laughs) you have a practice... Waiting for you in Arkansas. But if you were interested in specializing, do you need to declare that now? Or how does that work? Absolutely not. So if you don't know what an endodontist is, what a periodontist is, don't worry about it. I don't either. So it's okay. (laughs) You know, you're not going to do a whole lot of in-depth shadowing your um, first semester of dental school. You can. You can get to learn what those things are. But you do not have to come in knowing exactly what you want to be. You don't have to say... I want to be an orthodontist and that's it. No one's going to make you sign a piece of paper saying you have to be an orthodontist. Nobody's going to make you sign a piece of paper saying you want to be a general dentist. So if you come in thinking you want to be a general dentist, I encourage you to shadow because 
you know, I think I want to be a general dentist right now, but I haven't been exposed to oral surgery or endodontics or periodontics. So you need just to come in with an open mind is what I can say. I was about to say, have you ever done a root canal before? Absolutely not. And I haven't either. And I hope none of our viewers have yeah. unless they're either currently a, a D3 or D4 exactly. or they are a doctor. Yeah. So you just need to come in with an open mind because no one is going to pressure you to go one way or the other. They just want you to succeed and do whatever you want to do and, and be happy with it. For sure. So the first year, you really just need to focus on your grades, focus on learning and get involved in different organizations and just have a good time. You know, there's you'll have more than enough time throughout the rest of your dental school career in order to learn what you want to specialize. And I know third year for us, we do two weeks of each specialty. So it's full on rotations. That way you get massive exposure to every different area. That way you can determine what you want. Because I, I guarantee you after two weeks of working in peds, you'll oh, yeah. have a really good idea of whether or not you want to do that. Exactly. And if you're interested in those specialties, be sure to get to know the heads of the department. Be sure to go shadow endodontists or periodontists or pedodontists. Just shadow those people that you think that you're interested in. And the other thing is you want to join those clubs that, that have an interest in that. So you want to join the Oral and maxillofacial surgery. I can't even say it. I want to be a yeah, general dentist. Oral and maxillofacial surgery. Exactly. This guy wants to be that. So just you just need to join those organizations that are centered towards that. That way you can know more about the organization. So when you apply for those residencies, you can say, look, I was in this organization. I know this and this about it. For sure. And you can join more than one organization too. You're join not all of them. You're, you're not, not limited to, yeah. I think I want to do oral surgery, so I'm just going to join that. No, I mean, no. helping out with PEDS right now with their yeah. Give Kids a Smile event. And I'm really excited about it because you may not, you could be a general dentist and just help kids out. You know, some general dentists choose not to see children and that's totally understandable, but some do. They just don't want to specialize. Exactly. So just get involved and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But before we get to our break break, I need to ask, do we get a lunch break in oh. dental school? I know we're so busy running around like chickens with our heads cut off. So like, what does lunch look like? You know, I love to eat. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> so we, we do get a lunch break. So they set aside from noon to one for a lunch break. And, and we, we are sure to take advantage of that. Some of us bring our lunch. We have a cafeteria at LSU. It's delicious. And a lot of people just eat in the cafeteria every day. I myself, sometimes I bring my lunch, sometimes I eat in the cafeteria. Sometimes I drive home because it's only like six minutes to our house mm -hmm. and I just enjoy some quiet time here away from Marco. So it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just dependent upon what you want to do. And I know some of us have some really awesome lunch boxes. Yeah, let me show this bad boy off here. It's a Clayton and I went two very different routes, Extremely. as you can see, unless you're listening to us on Spotify or another streaming service, unless it's YouTube and you're watching us. But anyways, here's my lunchbox. It's a camouflage lunchbox. Um, I'm in the army, so I'm I just... Army. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, Clayton's in the, the Space Force. I'm in the Space Force. So my <laughs> lunchbox, I went with the Toy Story 4 lunchbox. Pretty fierce. It has Buzz Lightyear on the front of it. And Sporky is featured on it as well. Sporky's incredible. Sporky and is, is your name on the back there? Can, uh, can yeah. we give our viewers that? Yeah, it's. I wrote it with my left hand. That so way it, it looked like I was a child writing it. Clayton, you are a child. So uh, yeah. either way, a child wrote that it. Is not, that is not a lie. Not a lie at all. It's fine. So we are going to take a little break here. And with our break comes a question. A question from Sarah 
in Miami. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of viewers in Miami recently. Awesome. So a shout out to all of y'all down yeah, south. Y'all are awesome. So anyways, Sarah says, oh, I love this question. It reminds me of so many of our classmates. Seriously. Hey guys, love the podcast. It's helped out so much already. By the way, I love fashion. And I was just wondering what you guys can wear to class every day. So at LSU and most places, you definitely have to wear a scrub top or whatever you know, color shirt or whatever y'all may be. So we wear a wine colored scrub top every day to class. I'm actually Marco wearing has his, mine right now. He's going to so show it off. Wine scrub club here. Wine scrub club. And then you can choose to wear um, scrub pants. Marco and I usually wear like black dress pants or khaki pants or something like that. And then you have to wear closed toed shoes as well. For sure. So we can actually show here. I don't think our viewers know that we have legs. By the way, we do have legs we do. and we do have the ability to stand up. So we're we going to... I'm going to show you here. So these are the black pants that I typically wear. And these are the khaki pants that I typically wear. And at Fridays here at LSU, we do boots. It's, it's boot Friday. But it's Tuesday, so it's fine. It's today Tuesday, really? It is. <laughs> <laughs> we had operative this morning. We have operatives uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. Oh, that, that's hilarious. That's embarrassing for him. <laughs> Yikes. Fine. Thank you so much, Sarah from Miami, for reaching out to us. We encourage anybody who has a question, any pre-dent who has a question, any dental student has a question, any pre-med that has a question, any nurse, any pre-nurse that has a question, <laughs> reach, reach, reach out <laughs> to us. I was a pre-nurse one time. I was, I was. Now I'm a nurse, nurse, and a dental student, so here we are. Incredible. Reach out to us um, at the Pre-Dental Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, and it's the Pre-Dental Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Email. And Sarah, my advice to you, spice it up however you need to. You know, put some makeup on, do your hair all nice, um, get some really cool sneakers. That's that's what I would advise. Get some really cool sneakers. I'm a big Crocs guy, but they have to be closed toe. So that's a little bit of a bummer. It's you can't put all the giblets on there. But that's okay. I wear my Crocs at home. It's embarrassing. So, yeah, I mean, you, you there are some um, restrictions to what you can wear. And we also had to buy Landau scrubs at the beginning. I'm mm-hmm. not going to condemn Landau or anything. They're really good for lab work. They are. They are. Um, a lot of us just bought figs. I did not because I am a cheapskate, but Marco <laughs> bought figs and he's wearing joggers and I ask him on the regular if he's going to run to school because he looks like, uh, I don't know. Someone who's going to run to school, I guess. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. But yeah, figs are super comfortable, but they're really expensive. So if you're doing a lot of lab work with wax and whatnot, and you're worried about getting them dirty. I don't really know how well that comes out of figs just because I've yet to wear my figs while doing lab work. But I know with Lando, I mean, those suckers are potato sacks, but they're durable and they can get the job done. Exactly. So, And they're not as expensive either. So that's, that's absolutely because, you know, everything is so <laughs> expensive in dental school. I can't afford wheat bread. Wheat. Wheat bread. Wheat thins. Anyway, we're going to get back to um, talking about this. So we just talked about all of the classes and kind of expect what to expect from your classes. Now we want to talk about things other than classes. So the social aspect of dental school, because it is very important in dental school as well, so you can stay sane. Because if you're just going to class and studying and learning all the time, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... A lot of you may be thinking, well, you know, to get into dental school, I had to do 
10,000 different clubs and a million service hours. And then I was basically a dentist because I worked like another million hours at yeah. a dental clinic. And this was all while my maintaining like a 4.5 GPA. I don't even know if that's possible, I but either. I guess if you're that smart, whatever. I mean, I probably got that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. I was so yeah, smart. Yeah, I was so smart. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, so in dental school, be involved for sure because it's going to help you just meet new friends. It's gonna expose you to new ideas. Like I know with ASDA, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, but I got to go to the ASDA National Leadership Conference in Chicago. Hey, you're gonna go next year, so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I was, oh, that was such a fun conference. You learned so much, but it was because of my involvement in ASDA. And I know IDEA has conferences, HED has conferences. And even if you're just staying at the school, you know, with the American Association of Pediatric, Pediatric Dentistry, we're doing the Give Kids a Smile event and that'll be a lot of fun so choose a couple organizations that you're really interested in don't be afraid to test them out at the beginning but to actually get involved only choose a few because you don't want to spread yourself too thin yeah you need to go to some um, of the meetings and just kind of see what the organizations are about just because you go to the meeting doesn't mean you're going to be a lifelong member throughout your dental school career so just go to the meetings see what they're like if you like it sign up for it go to some more meetings help out but you're not committing yourself forever. So just, just kind of see what you like and, and join some of them. But like Marco said, you know, if you're in SGA and, and whatever else organizations you were and chess club and all of those different organizations, you don't have to join 45 million organizations when you're in dental school. Yeah, just so a, a good piece of advice that I would give <clears throat> is think of your time as a commodity. So you're only able to spend so much of it and some of it is going to have to go towards well again this is dependent on your situation so like i know some of our classmates right. live with their parents so they don't have to meal prep as much some of their parents do their laundry all of that so we don't however so a part of our week has to go towards meal prepping part of it has to go towards doing laundry cleaning up the house walking our dogs doing dishes things like that so that eats into some of our free time. And then we actually have to go to class because attendance is mandatory. And then we have to study. And like I said earlier, I study a lot more than some of my other classmates and not because I'm trying to do better than them or because I'm trying harder than them, but I'm simply not as smart and I don't understand the material as well as they do because of my limited science background. So for me, I have to invest more of my time in order to achieve the same results. And like Marco was saying, I mean, a lot of our time goes towards doing laundry and cooking. So if you don't know how to do laundry and you don't know how to cook, you know, we said just to relax if you're already accepted into dental school. But if you don't know how to do those things, I would highly recommend it. You're gonna save a lot of money if you know how to do your own laundry and if you have your own washer and dryer. You're going to save a ton of money if you can cook because if oh, you're yeah. eating out all of the time, it gets expensive. And trust me, you're going to. You're going to a lot because you're going to be hanging out with your friends all Absolutely. the time. So you don't really want to be eating out more than you're already going to with all your friends. Because the way that I do it, I cook a meal on Sunday. So I go shopping on Sunday, get my groceries on Sunday, and then I cook a meal on Sunday. And that generally lasts me all week. So I eat, you know, one meal for dinner all week. And then I may have, you know, sandwiches or something small for um, lunch. So you just need to prep, you know, a bigger meal. One of Marco's great suggestions and a thing that he takes advantage of a lot is a crock pot. There are so many awesome crock pot dinners crock pot out there. Are awesome. So as for a crock pot 
for Christmas is what I would do. Or for graduation or yeah. your birthday they're or not, literally not expensive. Um, invest in some good kitchen equipment and a crock pot because it's really going to save you a lot of time and hassle. I know even during our long days, I mean, you can just throw a bunch of stuff in a crock pot that morning at, you know, like if you have like a 9 a.m. class, you can throw it in at 8 and then when you come home at 4 or 5, it's pretty much ready to go and you didn't have to do anything. Exactly. So it's nice because you get to come home to a nice hot dinner. Um, so definitely invest in one of those. But yeah, going back to social events, the school is also going to promote some different events throughout the year and especially a lot at the beginning to get um, everyone to know each other better. So what LSU does is we call them GIFs. So it's thank God it's Fridays. So one Friday a month, they'll host a GIF at the school and they'll have live music. They'll have a theme. So last the last GIF we had was a crop, not crawfish, um, gumbo, gumbo cook off between each of the classes and they serve drinks at these events. And it's really nice because all the professors come out and all the students come out. So you're getting to hang out with your professors outside of a classroom setting or outside of a clinical setting. And you're just chilling out, having fun, kicking off the weekend. And you need to take advantage of that. You need to go to those events. You know, if you have social anxiety, I get that. But, you know, find a friend that you can go with and just get to meet your professors, you know, not just on a professional, totally basis. You want to, you can become friends with your professors, surprisingly. Absolutely. So get to know them outside of class. Get to know your classmates outside of class because that is important as well. You want to form these relationships early on that way you have a support system going throughout dental school yeah i agree with that completely and i think clayton brought up a really good point you know some people do suffer from social anxiety or they're just nervous because it's a new area and they don't really know anyone but that's the point of these social events is to try and help ease you into that so find some of your close friends in the class early on which i would i mean me and dylan were all really good friends i mean from the get-go and then of course we have Nick and Connor because we live with them and they're really close friends as well but yeah just like bring someone and just you know kind of push yourself outside your comfort zone a little bit because your professors we've talked about this in previous episodes but you go into school as one of their peers and you automatically have their respect so the more you can get to know them the more you can be appreciated by them and it just helps in the long run because you're not as timid when asking for help in clinic or when you're not understanding the material. And a lot of people are nervous too because I didn't party in college. Like I wasn't a big party animal, <laughs> if you can believe that. So a lot oh, of people man. a lot of people um, come to dental school and they're worried that, you know, they're not going to get to know people because they don't party. But the awesome thing is our class, our school puts on a lot of events that aren't like raging parties. They're just social events and you get to know each other. So you don't need to worry you know, if you're not a crazy wild party animal, you're not going to make friends. You're going to make plenty of friends and you don't have to be a crazy wild party animal. If you are, you can be a crazy wild party animal in dental school. For sure. And if you don't drink or anything, that's fine too. <clears throat> There's never really any pressure to do so. No. Because we'll have social events and if it's, some of them are strictly non-alcoholic. So one of my favorite events that we actually did was we had a lot of tests coming up for that week. So we did a coffee tab where people could just stop by this coffee shop within a certain parameter of hours, I think it was like five to eight or something, and they could just get a coffee to help study throughout the night. And a lot of people ended up just studying at the coffee shop together. And sometimes we'll do social events where there's a bar available, but class funds aren't necessarily going towards that. So we went bowling and, you know, they had a bar at the bowling alley, but we didn't necessarily purchase a lot of alcohol 
towards that event and it was more so catered to just getting everyone together to do a fun event so yes some events are open bar and those are a lot of fun especially if you party but even if you don't party i mean there's people in our class that oh yeah they rage really hard but they don't drink and it's right. the coolest thing to see it that is. they're just so extroverted that they're able to do so and you don't have to drink to have fun you can you, you know you can drink water and have fun so it's going to be okay if you don't drink it's going to be okay if you have social anxiety it's going to be okay no matter what because you're going to make some of the best friends that you'll ever have in your entire life here at dental school yeah so to, to start wrapping things up a little bit i would say the overarching theme is that time is what you make of it while you're in dental school so you get to, again, like time is a commodity and you have to choose what you spend it on, but it's your experiences. You're going to get out of it what you put into the program. And I don't just mean that with like how many hours you study right. or how much time you spend in the clinic, but the friendships that you try and develop and the time that you spend with others. And it's, it's very cyclic. Like we said earlier, I mean, you're going to go through periods and you probably went like this in your undergrad career as well. There's going to be periods where it's just going to be, you're going to be slammed. You're not going to have any time on the weekends because you're going to be studying and everything else. But there's going to be times where like this past weekend, <laughs> I, I watched so much parks and rec just to see if I like it better than the office. I watched so much parks and rec that I now think that I work for the parks and rec department. So there's going to be periods of time where you're going to have some downtime. So take advantage of that downtime. Enjoy yourself. Relax. If you're living out of state, try to go visit your family if you can. I know I've been back to Arkansas quite often because, well, I've got a girlfriend in Arkansas. So it's very important that you try to maintain. Those Shout out to Emily. Emily. She's my, she my boo. But it, Ew, but, you, <laughs> but that's the other thing. We were going to talk about relationships a little bit. But if you're in a relationship... It is a little difficult if you're, you know, long distance, but if you love that person, you're going to make it work. So, I mean, if they're able to come down and visit you, Emily has done an awesome job at coming down and visiting me very often. And then I go up there and visit her as often as I can as well. So if you're long distance, you can make it work. That's just part of managing your time. That's just part of the cycle. And they have to understand that cycle as well. Sometimes you're going to be super busy and you're not going to have all the time in the world, but sometimes you're going to have some downtime. And you can make some time for them. Right. And I know some people in our class came into dental school dating one another because they had met an undergrad. Right. And I don't think any of them have broken up. They've all been great. Yeah. Um, you'll get to meet some really cool people in your class. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it don't. doesn't. Um, I can say that from personal experience. And it's all okay. But just something that you need to know before you get into a relationship, especially with one of your classmates, is one, that relationships do take time. So... That's going to be, like we talked about earlier, that's going to be time away from studying or doing your laundry or things like that. And the second thing is that if you do date someone in your class, that's awesome, but you need to be very communicative from, I don't even know if that's a word. I hope it I is. I think it, I'll go with it. Cool. But anyways, you just need to understand from the beginning that you guys are in this process for the next four years. So in the event that it doesn't work out and you break up or whatever, you're still going to have to see each other nearly every day. You're still going to have lab work together. You're probably going to have to work on projects together at some point. So you just need to be mature and responsible enough to handle that. And of course, no one goes into a relationship with the intention of breaking up. Just understand that that can be a possibility. So don't go into a relationship if you're not ready to handle a breakup. Because it's not like, I mean, I went to the University of Arkansas where there's 27,000 students right. where... 
I mean, realistically, if you weren't, I don't want to say like vibing with someone, but if it just didn't work out, then you could just never see that person again, just because there was so many people there. But I mean, we only have 75, 76 in our right. class, so you don't really have that option. So just be careful, but just know that everything's going to be okay. Exactly. And and like we've been saying, just make the most of your time. You know, if you need to study, grind it out and study. If you have some downtime, take some downtime to yourself because if not, you're going to go crazy. Yeah, your first semester is really dedicated to figuring out what kind of studier you are and figuring out what you need to do. So some people just cram a couple nights beforehand and some people need to take two weeks ahead of time right. in order to understand all the materials. So it's just based off who you are. And you're not going to understand that day one going into dental school. But yeah, I mean, I mean, there's one of our classmates that goes home almost every weekend because she just loves seeing her family so much and that's what makes her happy. And, you know, go for it. That's how she chooses to invest her time. Definitely. And I think that's a great thing. It is. So to wrap this episode up, we have an advice from a current dental student and that is our good friend, Dylan Roberts. Oh, D-Rob. D-Rob. D-Rob says, to get hobbies that involve your hand skills. It helps a lot in operative, it helps a lot in morphology. So things that could develop your hand skills are woodwork, jewelry making, working on cars, just something that can involve your hand skills. Absolutely. You know, I don't feel like you have to have like an intricate hand skill, but yeah, just do something that can help progress you, but they're gonna teach you everything in dental school. They are. And I mean, it, it helps a lot. You can tell some of the people who have developed their hand skills a little bit better than maybe Marco or I. Like there, there's people out there who have been working with their hands for a long time and it shows. So definitely get involved in something that, you know, works your hands. Gotcha. So anyways, we want to thank you all for listening to our Christmas special. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or email us at thepredentalpodcast at gmail.com. And... Anyways, thank you all for listening to the Pre-Dental Podcast. Oh, yeah. Boom.